Today's Thursday, March 29th. Syracuse not in the Final Four, didn't win in the Elite Eight, lost in the Sweet 16, yet basketball takes the forefront once again, Tim Leonard. Darius Baisley has decommitted, so we have to break all this down. I just don't get it, Tyler. We can't get a quiet offseason here in Fizz Nation, Syracuse Nation. We had the Matthew Moyer thing on Monday. At least that was, I mean, it wasn't all that surprising, but this is a shocker. Darius Baisley foregoing, decommitting, and joining the G League likely to try and jumpstart his pro career. I don't know. There's just a lot to break down. It's just another example of Syracuse basketball and getting Kind of a roadblock and kind of a wrench in the offseason. Tim, nothing personal towards you, but I didn't think we'd be talking. No, I really <laughs> about didn't. any of this stuff. I thought, like I keep saying, I thought we'd be moving on to football. We'd be on to some recruiting news. Maybe I talking mean, this some, is recruiting. Yeah, so. in a weird way. We, we, we've but. got we've got a lot of thoughts. We're gonna get to all that a little bit more. Just a lot to digest. It's only. Thursday, March 29th, and college basketball is still, what, four or five months away? And there's so much to talk about. <laughs> All right, Tim, let's do this. Fizzcast! Without Jerry McEnroe, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. You're watching the Fizz. Okay? Not 10. What's up, Fizz fans? The most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome back to another episode of the Fizz. And especially that it comes from our people. OrangeFizz.net. This is a special emergency edition of the Fizzcast, Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. And with heavy hearts, we have to tell you that Darius Baisley will not be joining the Orange next season. Baisley is heading to the G League and is opting to go pro as opposed to go to college. And this is a really unprecedented move. I think he's the second player ever to do this. He's the first ever All-American, but just overall craziness, and we're going to get to all that right now, but be sure to follow us everywhere, Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, and also on iTunes. You can subscribe to get the latest FizzCast and all that good stuff. Orange Fizz is what you got to look up on all those platforms. Tim, <laughs> we did a, we've did. we already done one stream of consciousness in the last week, and now I think we're about to get to another one. I just don't know where to begin here. Because I, I don't this either. is just, it's weird. It's shocking. It's, I just, like like I was saying, the Matthew Moore thing, at least you're like, okay, he's transferring. Kind of saw that coming. This team's still loaded. But right after I was watching this guy last night, we're talking on Thursday here, the McDonald's All-American game, Wednesday night. I'm seeing what this guy's got. He puts up 11 points. He looks active on both ends. And you're just starting to talk yourself into him being a focal point of this offense next year. And boom. Get another bomb. I mean, it's the Torian Thompson thing. Last year, he leaves the team. Gino Thorpe leaves the team. Has one program had so much unpredictable events happen to it in the recent I, memory? Yeah. I just, and <laughs> it's almost like Kentucky, except a lot worse, yeah. where everyone just leaves. I don't. I don't understand. Some it, don't even show up. It's like a whirlwind. What Fizz Nation has gone through the past month and a half to go from out of the tournament to in the tournament, barely into the Sweet Sixteen run. To Matthew Moyer, Braden Bayer leaving, and now we add Darius Baisley, your first big guy, you know, top 10 ESPN recruit, first time since Carmelo Anthony, and he's gone before we even got a chance to see him play. This is insane. I haven't really seen anything like this in college basketball, and I mean, this is a bad look for college basketball in general, because we're going to talk about the overarching themes here. If you read the, the Yahoo, Shams... Beats Woj to it, yeah, which is Shams. big, big, big for the dad. Shams brand. Um, but if you read that article, it's quote heavy. That Very as you and I bo- both kind of p- pointed out. But there's a lot in there about how he wants to go pro. He doesn't care about the whole party social scene that he's going to get in college. He wants to go out there. This is how he wants to support his family. And before all of the Orange fans out there go attacking him. You don't know what's going on in this kid's life right now. Absolutely. And that that's where I've been seeing a lot of really negative stuff on Twitter saying, hey, F this guy. He's leaving us. Benedict He's just Arnold. Benedict Arnold stabbing us in the back. That's not what that is not at all what's happening. Everyone's talking about, oh, what's up what's someone's word mean any anymore? But mm-hmm. things happen in people's lives. We don't know what's happening with Darius Baisley. Who knows what's going on in that in that kid's life? He's 17 years old. He's got a whole long future ahead, and if he's got to do something now to support his family, then 
let him do it. I, this is more. This is bigger than basketball for him. Yeah, and basketball is just his means of trying to do that. And it clearly seems like he's thought this out a lot. I gathered that from reading that Shams article. He really sat down. This wasn't an impulse decision, and it's weird no. timing coming right after the McDonald's All American game and everything. I don't know if that was staged because. Just last week, we saw O'Shea Brissett saying, can't wait to have my future teammate on board, Darius Baisley. Yeah, the he McDonald's was, jersey on, yeah. Right, and I mean, several recruits, Jalen Carey tweeted at him saying, damn dog, basically, yeah. just shocked about the whole thing, and and Brissett, I think, put out a tweet that was It was the, all the upside-down smileys. Yeah, so clearly no one saw this coming within the organization. You can't even imagine that Jim Beheim saw this coming, but... I mean, the guy's Instagram handle is NBA Base, so we know he was going to be a one-and-done guy. We know he was not going to, you know, it's not like he came to college and was planning on playing three or four years. His dream all along, like a lot of these guys, has been to make it to the NBA. And I got to say, my initial reaction, me and you were in the car driving when we heard this news break. And initially, I was like, what? Like, Well, no, no, no. Our first reaction was emergency fizz cast. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's always our first reaction. Back to business. But anyway, our my selfishly, my reaction was kind of like, oh, my gosh. Like, th- why would he do that? This team's going to be so good. It's It was setting up perfectly for him to be kind of the focal point of a team. You don't go to, like, you know, the worry about being a Duke player maybe is you don't get a ton of looks or a ton of touches. He was going to be the focal point of this offense probably and also have the benefit of a deep March Madness run potentially. So my, initially I'm thinking, why would he forgo that? But I got to say, after sitting down and thinking about this and taking some time, I feel like this might be the start of – he might start a trend here because yeah. it makes a lot of sense. He's going to get money. He can sign an agent. There's a lot of pros to this decision. So – one of the first thoughts that I, that I kind of gathered from all this was this has to be a decision that was finalized in the last day or two. Yeah. Because if Brissett is going to go out there and post that picture and then be stunned about it a couple of days later, this is something that didn't materialize until the last day or so. Yeah. Because I, feel I think like that, that Instagram story went out, what, two days ago? Yeah, it was. McDonald's games yesterday. Maybe three days ago. Decisions today. Do you think, I mean... I don't know. I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes. Who would he talk to about this? To Because obviously this is unprecedented. Right. You said there's only one other guy, and he was not nearly the caliber of player of Darius Baisley. A lot of people know who he is, a lot of NBA scouts, a lot of NBA GMs. Do you think maybe he ran into a scout of the McDonald's All-American game? I mean, this is obviously just speculation and spitballing, but the timing of it is just weird to me because maybe he talked to a scout and they said— hey, you know, no one's doing this, but this might be a good avenue because he is going right to NBA competition. More NBA scouts are going to be focused on him. It's not going to be a glamorous lifestyle by any means. The G League stinks. Yeah. The G League is short turnaround flights. You're flying across the country. It's It's a lot worse than Syracuse. Yeah. You're getting paid less than, I think, the max you can make in the G League unless you have an NBA contract is like $26,000. Right. And then you had taxes. I mean, he... He's going to get some money maybe from endorsements or signing an agent. So immediately he's going to get more money, obviously, than he would if he went to the college ranks. And it's still not going to be much, though. This is a decision that—and the other thing is he goes there now to a G League team, but he can't get drafted, per se, by a G League team. This is is where things get interesting. And I saw a tweet from Jeremy Wu from Sports Illustrated on my Twitter line, and it says— why Why would, this is kind of the premise of the tweet, kind of paraphrasing, but why would a G League team want Darius Baisley? Because think about it too, the only thing that comes from this experience for the G League team is maybe you get some fans, but yeah. you don't have the rights to this kid, so it's not like you can feed him up to your pro team. And why would you be inclined to play him when you do have people in your system right. that you are trying to breed to be NBA players? For Darius Baisley, there is zero. You would have zero motive to play him because you are not guaranteed to have him. In fact, you have a one in thirty shot of actually having him the next season. Yeah. So, to so be why clear, would you try to breed him up against NBA talent when you can get some of your own guys who you have control over right. and can bring up to the NBA and foster that talent at the next level? Yeah. So he can't. To be clear, he can't. He he has to turn eighteen in order to be draft eligible. Correct. correct so. Right. 
basically he's going to be on a team, but he's not really affiliated with any team, and he'll just go into the draft like any normal college kid would in 2018. He'll be in the draft, and he has no link, no link or anything to any team through the G League at all. It's it's an interesting move, and I think this is going to be a really bad look for college basketball. But getting back to the whole G League thing. It almost wouldn't shock me if he wasn't drafted. Really? What? I mean, the G League, obviously, sports is a business, but Darius Baisley is going to bring how many more fans to an arena? Mm, not much. Oh, oh you're saying like the he's, initial draft. Right, right, the G League right. draft. The G League yes. draft, yeah. Okay. Why would it—I just don't get why a G League team would take him. Yeah. It's not like winning the G League championship is anyone's big dream. Right. I feel like— and this kind of brings up a whole nother topic, but I feel like at this point, it might be in the best interest as the NBA as a whole to incorporate some G League teams that just have no affiliation at all if this is going to be a common avenue. Right. Just a college G League team. But yeah. I think that'd be a kind of a super team to, right. <laughs> to a degree, but. Which is what LeVar Ball is trying right, to do. Right, exactly. And it's just a strange situation in the fact that there is no strings attached to Baisley. He can't get up, get bumped up to the next level. He's going to be playing in this kind of hard knock life for a whole year. He doesn't want to go to college and there's nothing wrong with that. If he, but why would he choose the G League over going overseas? Yeah, cuz you're going to make I guess, way more money you, you going make, overseas. Yeah, just for context, if you go overseas, you're going to be making upwards of $100,000. Yes. And I think even Emmanuel Moutier made close to a million dollars right. and he had a, overseas. And he had an insurance policy as well on So we've too. seen guys do that. That's but why it's just the, so shocking. There's two sides here, too, okay? When you look at a guy like Moutier, he hated China. He yeah. absolutely hated China. He talked about his depression in China. And basically, I think, basically he said, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone to China. Right. But then you've got Brandon Jennings. He goes to Italy, loves it. Kid's a rock star everywhere he goes, even though I don't think he played a lot in Italy. I think that's kind of the thing with these leagues is, like, you don't play a lot when you go overseas. Yeah. You're playing, like, a, a handful of minutes every game. Meanwhile, th that's why this kid Luka Doncic is so impressive yes. for everyone because he's, what, 17 years old and is already lighting up and winning MVP Right, and in these European he's leagues. He's in Real just, Madrid right. or whatever, which is the best professional basketball exactly. league outside of the NBA. And you just don't have that type of talent. And basically, that's why all these NBA hopefuls, when they go overseas, they don't necessarily get the playing time right away when they're coming out of high school. And that's why Doncic is so impressive. And maybe that's part of it, because, listen, Baisley's going to go to the G League, and he's going to be, if he gets, assuming he gets on a team... He's going to be, what, a top five, top ten player in the league? Maybe even the best player in the G League? Yeah. Because look at it this way, all right? No disrespect to guys like John Gillen and Andrew White, but they're lighting it up. They're scoring like 40 points. They score I, a lot I remember of points in the G League. You look at some of these old school names, too. Like, I don't know. Whenever someone gets called down to the G League. So, like, in the NBA, Bulls. I'm a Bulls fan, so I see Denzel Washington, or not Denzel Washington, Denzel Valentine, <laughs> right. and um, and campaign go down to the D League every once in a while, and they tear it up. Time. They score 40 points. They have like 15 assists. Jack Cooley, whenever he goes down to the to the G League, he has like a 40 point, 20 rebound game, and these guys just absolutely dominate because yeah. they're, they're playing against a bunch of guys who basically aren't going to be NBA players for the most part but had good college careers, and they're just trying to... The G League, it seems like a way to... Yes, you're playing in front of NBA scouts, but you're also... I think you're playing more for a European contract. Yeah, or maybe to get a 10-day contract right. or something. There's there's a fine, there's two different types of players that play in the G League. There's the guys that we know from college that are bouncing back and forth, like maybe a Malachi Richardson or someone, and mm -hmm. then there's other guys that are kind of fighting for to try and get a professional contract and try and prove that they are a pro basketball player. But it's just a very interesting case study because, like you said, there's a reason to believe he might not get drafted. I mean, just assuming he does get drafted, mm -hmm. if you're the coach of that team, why are you going to give him more there's minutes a, than yeah. a guy that's actually affiliated? I'm sure a under GM contract. or someone. Yeah, because a, a GM at the NBA level is probably telling these guys, don't play that kid. Right. 
I mean, they're not connected to him, so they have zero that's why it's so interesting. I think that's why it's never happened, really, to this right. point. And that's why you'd see him go overseas, make your money, help your family out that way, and then you come back. And, I mean, again, this is a 17-year-old kid. Maybe he doesn't want to go overseas. You can't blame him. I mean, right. that, that's a huge culture shock at 17 to go spend a year completely away from your family and, and playing basketball. You don't know the language. You don't know the culture. And you're just you got to get through that one season just so you can get to the NBA, or you can go to college, or you can go to the G League. You're going to be in a in a situation that's a little more familiar with you. You at least know the language, yeah, <laughs> and you exactly. know like how to order food and stuff. But and you can call your mom or your right. friends, and you don't have to worry about a time zone change right, or anything exactly. like that. It's not, it's not much of a shock. So it, it, this is just unprecedented, but. Again, like we said, the G League teams, who knows if they're going to want to develop a guy like Baisley. I think that's going to be the real question mark. And again, just because he says he's going to the G League doesn't mean he's necessarily locked into that. I think right. he's not coming back to Syracuse. That's no. that's done. But he could say, oh, maybe I like this option in Europe better. Yeah, or, that's true. I like this option in Asia better. Or LeVar Ball. Or the JBA. <laughs> Which we have been told that he was we, never contacted yeah, I, by that. I don't know how much I buy that, but yeah, it's we weird. were told that he was not contacted about the JBA. And obviously, he's going to play in the Jordan Brand Classic now. Right. He's going to do the same, and this is those games are even more important probably now because right. I mean he's probably going to try and pull like a Nazir Little and try and be the MVP like we mm-hmm. saw at the McDonald's All American game because maybe. That's another proving ground for him. And yeah, he'll be playing with Jalen Carey in that's that game. That's gonna be awkward. Which is kind of it's gonna be awkward for so sure. So I I talked to Jalen Carey's dad about this. John Carey, uh, great guy. You know yeah. what? Something that's very underrated about uh, Syracuse fathers, especially the, this last kind of wave of them, is they are awesome. Yeah, Tyus Battle, <laughs> Tyus Battle, awesome. Gary, Electric, Frank Howard's dad. Him and Gary just fit right in with each other. That's they just true. go We've crazy. Good and now we got John Kerry on the way. I'm loving this. And who knows, Khalif Battle maybe comes to Syracuse, so you get round two of Gary Battle. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun yep. if that does happen. And Jalen, his dad said he's 100% committed still. Yep. Jalen so, Carey is locked and loaded and ready to go, which is a good sign. 100% committed. And per J- Jalen Carey's father, this is lighting a fire under Jalen Carey. I mean, I don't blame him. It's, it's just crazy because... If you're Jalen Carey, you go from, I mean, he's probably like every other Syracuse fan, looking at this roster, thinking about the potential that it has, thinking about how deep this roster could be. And now if you're Syracuse, from a standpoint of Syracuse, you got to start thinking maybe we go into the grad transfer market. By no means is this a bad team now, and a lot still hinges on Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett's draft decisions, but... Obviously, we're counting on Baisley to be a starting forward in this roster. He was going to be the perfect fit for the 2-3 zone, and there was a lot to like in that department. And now things get shuffled around a little bit. I still think this is going to be one of the better teams in recent memory for Syracuse. Don't get me wrong. And there's still plenty of scholarships on the table. It stinks the timing of it because you can't really recruit someone at this point. There's really hardly anyone out there that's a top 100 guy that still hasn't made a decision. So you're probably going to go grad transfer route if you're going to add anyone at this point. Right. So before we get to the grad transfer stuff, I just want to say a lot of people may be pissed off at Bayheim and saying, oh, you can't lock down the big guys anymore. You, you missed out on Quade. You missed out on Jordan Tucker last year. And, and now you let this one slip away. I completely disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, it's just a string that's, of bad luck. It's, that's just bad luck. And in this current climate of college basketball filled by scumminess and bag dropping. Yeah, everywhere. I'm going to say this. This is a good look for Bayheim. Yeah, it means we're they're not dropping bags, right? Yeah, that, that's a clear indication. At least not $20,000 worth of bags. No, no, absolutely. Because if they were, why would, if you're Darius Baisley and you're getting paid to play for Syracuse roughly the same amount, why on earth would you go to the G League when that's right. less glamorous, as we said? So you're right. I think this proves... and. Bayheim's made some comments in the past that have kind of been like, oh, I don't I don't see how there's any way why a coach would be dropping bags or he hasn't said dropping bags. That's, that's said our dropping bags. But but I don't see how there's any way why a coach would do this. And I think that's really concerning. And when he says stuff like that and then we get this, it just further proves that he's clean, I think, completely. And there's no need to worry about any sanctions coming at Syracuse's way. Yeah, that's a big this is a big win for Bayheim. Yeah. Good <laughs> in, for a, him. in a weird way. <laughs> kind of a big win for Jimbo. Good guy, Jim. Um, okay, 
where do you want to go now? Grad transfers? Yeah, I guess. I mean, let's break down this team and where it stands. Yeah, let's now, let's do that first. There's a lot to digest. So now you're looking scholarship wise as at a lot of potential openings. We don't know the fate yet of O'Shea Brissett. We don't know the fate yet of Tyus Battle. I don't think this helps the the case for Tyus Battle to stay. Mm, no, I, I guess not. I mean. I don't even know what it does. I, I hope for our sake that Tyus Battle and for Syracuse's sake and Syracuse Nation, he just gives us like maybe a week or two to digest this before he breaks <laughs> the right, news yeah. because this has been bang, bang, bang. We need a breather right now. So, yeah, I, I'm, I was just thinking too, like that stream of consci- consciousness podcast we did, we can just, right. should we just delete that? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we can save the map. It's Moore all irrelevant part. now. <laughs> yeah, essentially. We were talking about the roster. I wrote an article earlier in the week breaking down this roster, and already like three people have removed themselves from the roster. I knew it was going to be kind of foolish in itself anyways because changes are going to be made on any offseason, but for some reason Syracuse offseasons are especially wonky. Yeah, this, this is why we don't do instant analysis sometimes yeah. because <laughs> all of it can be a wash in a matter of hours. So, yeah, let's look at next year's team. Again... <laughs> You're going to have options, but you, originally you were looking at four four guys who can kind of play that 3-4. Now you're looking at two. Yeah, it went from a really deep crop and of forwards. And it could go to, to one. Yeah, it really could. You got Dolajai now. You know Dolajai's coming back. Like, remember the knock people on who, wood. Remember the people who said Buddy Beheim was redshirting? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, not, not anymore. happening anymore. I don't, I don't see that because Buddy Beheim. I mean, I think he's kind of a tweener. He could play two-guard. He could play forward. He also brings the shooting like we talked about that is huge to this bench, and obviously that's going to be kind of a problem shooting the three-ball for Syracuse like it has been in the past. But forwards-wise, it went from a really deep group. Now you lose Matt Moyer. You lose Baisley, of course, and now you're down to basically Brissett, Dolzhai, and Buddy Beheim, who can kind of play a little bit of— he can play like the three spot. He's not going to play anywhere close to the anchor position of this zone, though, obviously. So with without Baisley in this mix, too, you're going to have to— you really need O'Shea Brissett to come back. Yeah. And I think, obviously, it's more likely Brissett comes back. And the, I think he's coming back. I, I, I know we've been I, kind of I on think, the fence. Yeah, we've been on the fence with it. I think he's going to enter his name, but he's not going to sign the agent. There will be Ultimately, some... probably comes back. Yeah, there would be some sense of gratification if he did go because we've been on the O'Shea right, to the yeah. NBA This would be big for, for the Tim and Tyler yeah, brand. Yeah, it would, but <laughs> putting that aside, I, th- I think he is going to come back because he's hinted at it in his post-game comments. Even the Baisley post that we brought up, it's kind of to say teammate. I know Malachi kind of did some stuff like that as hey, well. All right, <laughs> so we've been saying, okay, we've been joking this whole time. About, okay, O'Shea's going to go, he's going to hear like, oh, the Raptors might be interested in me. I'm going to go to the league. Yeah. Now he's going to go to, he, he is going to enter his name, but he knows he's going to the G League right away. <laughs> Just, so yeah, shout out to his future teammate. What, yeah. Maybe that's what's going to happen. He knew all along and he's he's joining Baisley in the G League. What is it like the Toronto, what's the area code up there? Like 607? Oh, who knows, man. Is it, there it, even a G League team in Toronto? The, yeah, no, there is. It's, okay. the, it's the area. I think they won the championship last really? year. Really? So, I'm I, almost positive they won the championship the last year. Just, like, I'm trying to think from a coach perspective, getting back to the whole thing of if you give Baisley minutes, like what weighs priority as a coach? Winning games and proving that, like, oh, you're a good coach and maybe I'll get an NBA job down the road because I won the G League championship or something like that? Or is it, hey, my GM is over my shoulder and that's what matters. I'm doing what's best for my GM because at the end of the day, the NBA obviously outweighs the G League. So, I can't. I think rem- that's going to be interesting to monitor. I'm just trying to think: Has a G League coach ever gotten a job? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm off. I mean, maybe they get assistant coaching jobs, if anything, but not really. Yeah, maybe you, you that's, don't hear like right. an NBA head coach come. It's from usually the G yeah, it's within house, or you hire a hot assistant somewhere. Yeah, I feel like because. Just comparing it to other sports, like in the MLB, you sometimes see like, oh, this guy was a minor league uh, manager, and now he's the manager for the MLB team. And that kind of makes sense. Like you work your way up like the players, but I feel like it's just completely different for the G League. And especially if this becomes the norm, guys like Baisley opting to go this route, it's going to be even more like that in the future, you'd have to imagine. Okay, so let's dive into next year's roster a little bit more. You're gonna the guards need, look good. Remember when we were saying 10, 10 or eleven? Yeah. Ten or eleven deep. We're down to what are we what? down to like eight? 
We're down to like nine that's, or ten. That's what, assuming Tyus comes back that's too? That's assuming Barama's healthy off the surgery that we're hearing and Howard Washington comes back at some point early on in the season. So, so okay, I don't let's, know, man. It's not let's as look deep at the as forwards. We we'll start with the forwards. You've got Brissette and Dolajai. That, mm, that's like, basically that's good. it. It's and good. Like, it, 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 it worked well this year, especially at the end of the year. But I don't think that really scares a ton of people. No. I mean, Brissette scares a lot of people. So here's what I'm thinking. But, if Battle goes pro, I think I think Brissette's coming back. So let's just say he's coming back. If Battle goes pro, you're probably just sliding in Elijah Hughes at right. the two-guard spot, who mm-hmm. obviously is a really good player. And then you probably just add, I mean, to replace Baisley's spot, you're probably just moving in Dolajai at this point. So Dolajai probably goes from... He probably keeps his starting spot, and it's still that same right. front quarter Brissette Dolajai Chuk. Man, it would have been nice for Syracuse to have Dolajai as that sixth man. Yeah, he would have been a strong contender yeah. for sixth man of the year. Really? In the so ACC. are we looking at? There's a high pro- probability that now we just have the exact same starting five if Battle comes back that we had at the end of last season, because really Baisley was the guy that was going to come in and take over Dolajai's spot, and that made sense. Right. And now it could just be Howard Battle. Brissette, Dolajai, Chukwu as the starting five again. But again, there's still the draft decisions of Battle and Brissette. That, yeah, that's going to be the whole thing that really plays into this. And I don't know exactly how this whole thing's going to shake out. And I know no you, you said for our sake, you hope that you find out in like a week or two, let it digest, but... It behooves Syracuse to know right now. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you got to go out on the recruiting trail again. I, I you didn't agree. think you were going to have to go out and try to scrap together a couple players at the last minute. But now that's looking like more and more the case that you're going to have to go find a grad transfer. Yeah. Secretly, I think Jim Beheim's somewhere smiling because he knows he doesn't have to worry about. I mean, he can just play his eight or nine man rotation or seven man rotation <laughs> like he always does. I can't wait for the first person at Media Day next year to ask him about Basley <laughs> because he, he gives the same answer to all these people. Yeah. I don't talk about players who are not on my team. You're right. It's like the Quad A Green thing. And every, I remember a, he went on got a about, rant about that. Oh, it, man. The funny thing is, though, he says, I'm not going to talk about guys who are not on my team. And then he he just goes into it. <laughs> yeah, he he does that with everything. He, like, says, you know, I don't read this and that, or I'm not going to talk about that. And then, like, he brings it up on a separate tangent. It's like, yeah. well, clearly you were reading that, Jim, or clearly Jim would make you want to talk about Jim this. Jim would make a great—have you know, have you ever had those teachers in, like, high school or, or middle school that you're talking about, like, U.S. history, like, the Revolutionary War, and then you're just on an absolute tangent out of left field right. talking about, like, why the sky is blue. Yeah. He, he that, gets on his Jim soapbox from time to yeah. time. I mean, there's been—I remember with the Tony Bennett thing, he went on for, like, <laughs> eight minutes about that. Or even even after the—after he lost in the Sweet 16. Yeah. He's, like, he he's ranting about something, and then there were no more questions, and he's like— I'd like to say one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> just goes on for five minutes. He's the. I, I honestly kind of like it. It's kind of fun in a weird way because I bet he like gets these news or whenever he has his classic press conferences. Like remember the one last year with Pitt where he was like, or not? I think it was after the Pitt game, and he was talking to one of the reporters that wrote that article. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he wrote like how Syracuse basketball is in a decline, and he was like, this is one of the five best years I've ever had of this last year with the Final Four run was one of the five best years. And it's like, (laughs) I'm sure he just reads this stuff and just jots it down. He's got like a separate notes section. He's like, all right, I'm going to bring that one back up. He gets a a personal stat sheet, and then he's he's like, like, all right, target this person after when you're done. I'm going to give that one five minutes of time. I'm going to give that one eight minutes. He's He's got tangents, man, but this might be another one of his classic tangents. Yeah, looking forward to that. Media Day can't come soon enough. Syracuse basketball just can't yeah, come soon enough. Like, what, what do you do now? Lacrosse? I don't know. It's just it's the wave of the Sweet 16 run and everything. And like I said, this is supposed to be our downtime. It's supposed to be off season, And it just feels like it's never been more prevalent. Syracuse basketball has never been more in the news. And obviously, looking at this roster, it's fun on one hand because it's a really good roster. We can't say that enough. It's still going to be a really good team, but... It, at the same time, it's just so tough to predict because there's still question marks up in the air. And like we say, grad transfers might might have to go that route again. This feels a lot like Tyrone Sampson yeah. from the football, the decommit there. Syracuse has had some crazy, just 
at this point, like you gotta, you gotta. You and I have been here for a while. Like, uh, Syracuse is not the ideal place to be. No, it's it's not great. You got to <laughs> think maybe the weather is impacting this a little bit, but I don't know, man. It's it's weird because all these recruits say when you talk to them or when we talk to them, they're all bringing up how Jim Beheim is kind of the main reason. I feel like that's the the consensus I get. The Beheim is still a legend. And he, you know, rightfully so, he's a legend. He has that 2-3 zone. That's always the consensus. So to say that Bayheim can't get the big-name guys or no one wants to play for him because maybe he's already on his way out the door and that timetable's fuzzy and all that, I, I don't think there's any truth to that at all. I feel like even talking to Baisley, he said Syracuse was his dream school. I don't think it has to do. He just didn't want to play in college. He wanted to play in the G League and right. accelerate. He's his betting path. on himself. Yeah, good for him. Which you got to give him credit for that. Uh, yeah, you can't be upset with Darius Baisley making this decision because again, you don't know what his life is right now. Absolutely, and maybe yeah. there's something going on that we just don't know about. So, all right, let's look at grad transfers now. I wrote a piece about. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> time's wow. been flying. <laughs> yeah. When news comes, time's fly. It just hits you in the face sometimes. Um, but when you look at this grad transfer market, looks relatively weak. There's, But now there's this need for kind of that 6'7 to 6'9 yeah, type guy. Yeah, needs change completely. Yeah. So when I went into this piece, I kind of thought, okay, you probably need a guard to replace Tyus Battle, and then maybe you could get a, a third big man in there because it— it was tough at times when you went small, when Barama and Pascal were having either health or foul troubles, and you couldn't play one of them on the, you couldn't have one of them on the floor. Right. So, that in mind, there's one name in here that I kind of threw in and said, probably the most talented player on the market, but probably least likely shot. to end up with Syracuse just because of need. But now he automatically moves to the forefront. It's Ryan Luther. And if that name rings a bell for some people, he played at Pitt. He had a nice little career there, but his last season there was derailed by injury. He's one of the pretty much entire roster yeah. that's leaving that team, unless Capel can can ring them all back in. But He's going to be dropping back, so who <laughs> you know, knows? That, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but with Ryan Luther, this guy, he, he was averaging a double-double before. Solid player. Before he got hurt. And... He was he was at twelve points, ten rebounds. So you know he can he can board up, he can shoot the ball. The way that I kind of see his game is, he's an inside out type player. He can hit the three ball, but he can also back you down a little bit, and that's why I think he's kind of that perfect role for Syracuse. It reminds me a lot of Tyler Lydon. He's like a a, a Tyler Lydon light almost. And if yeah. you're gonna get that out of a grad transfer to come in play for a, a year. Who knows how he's going to fit into the zone? He doesn't necessarily have that type of length that's ideal, but you can get but away with it. He's a little, it. he's a little bulkier, he's, he's, which is yes, good exactly. because which was like that's Lydon. what I was. Yeah, I was thinking about the the zone next year before this Baisley news because Baisley just, was he's I mean he's lanky. he was he was as if, if Jim Beheim was, was Doctor Frankenstein, that's he would true. have built Darius Baisley. Yeah, that that's true. And but the only thing you can think of. There was maybe a weakness because this did look next year's roster look really good on paper for the two three zone. The only thing you could think of is they were a little too skinny or could get bullied down low still by a Duke or a Carolina because we know Dolajai is maybe one seventy soaking wet and that's obviously been talked about. And then basically just watching that McDonald's All American game, he did look really lanky. I had people texting me saying like. He's going to get bullied down low. They don't really understand. That's not really that's how kind the of, zone works. That's though. one of the things that a lot of people are are knocking Baisley right now um, for going to the league. They're saying, oh, he needs to bulk up, which is probably true. Yeah, but, he, but now he can fully focus on that. That's and true. By the time yeah. the NBA draft rolls around. Because, hey, if Darius Baisley ends up being a what? A top five, top seven pick? A lot of people are going to start doing this. Yes. I, I think college basketball... The NCAA, they're rooting hard against Darius Baisley right now. That's the yeah. most underrated storyline of this whole thing because yeah. obviously we're a Syracuse blog. We're going to think of it from the Syracuse perspective, but big picture, this, this is, is big news this for is, the NCAA. This is bad for the NCAA. Well, let's get to that in a second. Yeah. I, again, okay. we're, this is stream so of consciousness <laughs> right now. Um, so 
I, I rattled off Ryan Luther as a potential guy. I think he would make a nice fit with this team. He, he gives you a little bit of that shooting that you really wanted and a couple of other things that that would be nice to have on this team for 2018-2019. Uh, another name I floated out there was Tariq Owens. He, I don't think he's going to end up coming to Syracuse just because he's quasi made a list already. Syracuse would have to make a late slide in to try right. to get him, but he would kind of serve as that third big man, a great blocking guy. He could even contend maybe for a starting job on yeah, this team. Guy so, from St. John's who's right. really good. I mean, he's averaging what eight points per game last year. Yeah, and- over two blocks in each of the. Yeah, he's he's kind of like an even better version of Pascal Chukwu in a way. Maybe not the same amount of size, but right. it, it seems like I think what is another underrated thing about this whole thing is they need Barama Sidibe now more than ever next year. You need to get right. him healthy and have him for a full season and hopefully with no knee tendonitis and just full ready to go because Pascal Chukwu... I think has improved a lot. He obviously improved his foul shooting this year. I really have no qualms with him. He's he's become a pretty nice player for the Syracuse team. But Sidibe's got a little more scoring pop. He's got more potential. I think no one can deny that. So if he puts it together, if he gets healthy, I think this changes the complexion of the front court. And right now the front court is still up in the air. We've been talking about this, but... I think he's the guy right now that's kind of the X factor. If Sidibe has a good year next year, you don't even have to go into the grad transfer market at that point because if he, if you're confident that he's going to come back and be healthy, that makes a big difference for the Syracuse team next year. Yeah, I, you Sidibe would be nice. You would, you don't want to have to rely on on someone to come in, and you shouldn't have to get a third big man. No. But the way that the season transpired at some points last year, that's kind of how it all played out. Uh, just real quickly, these last two names I threw in. I'm, I'm just going to redo this article. Yeah, <laughs> just write another one. I'll, I'll save it for Sunday. But on um, one hand, it went from like, oh, come uh, on, they're not getting a grad, grad transfer, Tyler, <laughs> to, oh, yeah. Now, now my article is all of a sudden yeah. super relevant. Right. Do I just edit this or do I just uh, Yeah, redo just tweak it? it a little. Maybe add a couple more forwards yeah. and, you know, make no, I'm it just going to redo longer. it. Yeah. I'll redo it. Okay. Get, get a, a new wave of clicks. Um. Other two names on here, Keyshawn Woods, guard from Wake Forest. He was one of the best scorers in the ACC, one of the best scorers on that Wake Forest team. He actually came off the bench as yeah, a sixth man and was second on the team behind Brian Crawford in yeah. scoring. So he can he can shoot the ball. That'd be nice to have. Again, though, doesn't really have that build. But we've seen Bayheim take a chance on guys. Like Geno Thorpe didn't have the build Syracuse right. was looking for. John Gillen certainly didn't have the build. And say what you want about Geno Thorpe. I think he would have worked out long term if he stayed yeah, around. And John Gillen, camp too. And John Gillen certainly did work out. Um, lastly, Chetty Mosley, uh, guard from Boston. He's got injury issues. A lot of people probably don't know about him, but I think he could be a similar John Gillen type player. Yeah. And just give you a Coming little spark a off the bench. School. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's weird now because guards have gone from, oh, you had no depth whatsoever and we're playing Braden Bayer in a Sweet 16 or a second-round game against Michigan State out of desperation to now guards look pretty good and you kind of need some forward help and some front court help at this point. Yeah, the, there's so—you almost have to throw out everything. Like, see, you and I, there's no glory in what we do because no. all of our work over the past what— Week and a half? Yeah, maybe more. Two it, weeks. It's all gone. It's just like... <laughs> it all means nothing anymore. Breaking Who knows? news. Darius Bates is going to go back, and then we're just going to have to delete this pod. Yeah, honestly, I feel like <laughs> Tyus... I'm checking my phone to see if Tyus is going to declare right now. Yeah. It's 6 o'clock on Thursday. We're just getting into this pod, and I feel like, you know, it might just be another wrench. We might have to come out with another emergency pod tomorrow on Tyus Battle or O'Shea Brissett's decision. Yeah. If they declare... If they declare we're not doing an emergency pod. No, I, I need a break. I, <laughs> you and I deserve, deserve a break. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it off to Jonathan Hoppy and Drew Carter. Sure. That um, sounds like a plan. <laughs> let's see. Um, okay. Do we talk about the NCAA now? Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. it. All right. This is bad. It's this is, not good. This is so bad for college basketball. <laughs> it's really not good. I almost want to edit this because we're, we're bearing the lead here. We almost should edit this out and move it to the front. Yeah. But we're not going to this because is the we story are big journalists. Yeah. <laughs> this is the storyline that's not going to get talked about, but I think At least there in the Syracuse be, angle. Yeah, it should be talked about because, like you said, I don't know. If, if Baisley works out and you're a high school player, 
that's got a similar type of makeup as Darius Baisley, you know you're good enough to be in the G League, and you know— well, Let's put this out first, all right? All of these stud high school players are good enough to be in the G League. That's true. They will yep. go into the G League and be a top, top he, he 30 player in the G League. He could lead his team in scoring. I mean, it depends, obviously, yeah, it, what team he ends up on. And it but. depends on the opportunity that he'll get, as we've mentioned earlier. But this is this is a real, real kick in the nuts for college basketball. Absolutely. And, you know, when the JBA LeVar Ball League came out, I did feel like there was kind of some in angle. I, I felt like it could work in a weird way because right. I always knew that kids going to the G League was a possibility, yes. but no one wanted to do it. Right. Because it's weird. You'd rather just go to college, suck it up for a year, and then go pro. Get get like that last well, also, kind of lap. Going to college is, I mean, you say suck it up for a year, but that's kind of what you're doing in the G League too in a weird way because right. college is, yeah, you have to go to classes. That stinks. You have to be a student, and it's going to be a little more busy or you can't spend as much time as you would like just focusing on basketball. But it's definitely, I mean, you get – personal trainers you get it the travel schedule is much lighter the travel schedule is much more accommodating there's a lot of pros to going to college and let's face it most kids that age they also like to go to college because that's what all their friends are doing and they can be a college kid and enjoy that part of their life which is obviously by all means go ahead because that's what this time is for for college kids so it's weird because I think if Baisley works, we're going to see this happen more and more, and it's going to be the first of many. We could be—this could be a even, landmark moment, right. really. It doesn't even have to work in the sense that Baisley turns into an NBA superstar. No. It if just, he gets drafted in the lottery— gotta go, Yeah, top 10. Right, and I and think he, that's I think even possible. if he went to college, he's going to be in the top 10. Yeah, and he'll put on some muscle, I believe, and I, I really think if he has—let's just say hypothetically, if he puts up 20 points— per game in the G League, I think that's much better than putting up 24 points per game in college or something, right? Because it's going against NBA-level competition or a competition that is knocking on the door or more realistic speed, the game flow, you're shooting from the three-point line that's the NBA line. It's just a better measuring stick, I feel like, for an NBA scout to see, oh, he's doing it in the G League. That means it's going to translate, not, oh, he's doing it in college, but he's playing that 2-3 zone. We right. don't know how good of a defender he is. We don't know what he's going to do when he's you know playing in quarters, playing with a different three-point line. There's less variables and less question marks for Darius Baisley. Oh, absolutely. And remember, I, and this was in my conversation with him earlier in the year. He said, all I want to do is get in the gym, and that's kind of why he applauded Buddy Bayheim's and basically, Jim thought that the two of them would get along really well. Yeah. Was because, hey, all these guys want to do is get in the gym. And now that he doesn't have to go to college and he can literally have full access to a gym at all times, that's exactly what he wants. And right. if more and more kids start to see that as a possibility and don't necessarily care as much about the social aspect of things, then this is a real, real problem for college basketball. And again, this is where we're going to see it. Do you have to start paying these kids? Yeah. And I, <laughs> the question comes up again. And kind of stepping away from Baisley for a second, I'm just trying to think from a high school prospect's perspective that maybe isn't a McDonald's All-American, but they're, let's say, 40th or 50th in their class, still a really good player that's probably going to an elite, top-tier Division One school, or they have the option to. If you go to the G League, I mean, realistically, best case scenario for a t- for a forty or fifty or middle of the pack top one hundred type guy is one and done, and you're going to spend a good amount of your first year in the G League, right? So why not? I mean, it accelerates the process. I think Basley even mentioned this in that article with Shams. Is why not? It, a lot of these guys, Malachi Richardson, even. Andrew White's been back and forth between the G League. Tyler Lydon spent some time in the G League. A lot of these guys that are first-round picks in the 20 to 30 range are going to the G League anyway, so why not start out at the G League and get a jump start on the process a little bit? There definitely is. But then again, this is where it's kind of different, too, because you have these guys who are under contract. Yeah. I think if an NBA team had had a choice, like with Darius Baisley, they'd keep him up. 
they wouldn't mm-hmm. send him back and forth between the G League because he is skilled enough. He could provide something if there's injuries or whatnot or something crazy goes on in the game. Yeah. But there's no allegiance to him for an NBA team. Yeah. And there's allegiance to guys like Malachi Richardson, Tyler Lydon, and all that, and Michael Benege, that you send them back and forth because you can develop them. You want to foster them. And that's exactly what these developmental leagues are for. So right. that, that, that is, that's just the premise of that whole thing for me. So I would say this makes it, I'm still at the camp that. NCAA is probably not going to pay players in the next 10, 15 years, but this definitely makes it more likely, this right? Could certainly expedite it. Yes, oh, yeah. because if Basley is a success and then it starts a trend and we see maybe two guys do this next year and four guys the year after that, the NCAA's backs are against the wall in, in a way and they've got to make a decision. And really, the only decision to secure that status of still being you know, a high market, a lot of TV deals and bringing in a lot of money and drawing a lot of eyeballs to their league is to pay players and secure that you get the best talent, right? Yeah. And it also, on the flip side, it could really improve the G League too if this becomes, we could see the G League on TV down the road if, and it, it could just kind of flip-flop in a weird way. Is this now Jay Billis's favorite basketball player? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Jay Billis probably loves this move. Absolutely. I I don't know. It, it certainly helps his case on getting these players these players paid. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd say it's it goes up exponentially. I feel like there's a much greater chance now of seeing this happen. And I don't know about you, but I really think Baisley's going to be a success. I think he's going to get drafted I do in too. the top fifteen. And I don't see a scenario. I would even say higher. I, now that he's going to the G League and assuming. Yeah. If he's if he does get the playing time that he deserves, which right. would be, listen, I don't know the G League rules. I'm assuming they play 48 minutes as well. Mm-hmm. If he's playing the the 30 to 35 minutes that he deserves, then yes, I think that he is a lock to be a top 10 pick. Right, and he'll be and because able- these NBA scouts are going to see this and say, all right, this guy's not joking around. He wants to be a basketball player, and he sees this as his best way to be an NBA prospect. He's not going to get distracted. He doesn't want those outside distractions. He's locked in all the time. Kind of that Kobe mentality where I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go out and party. I'm locked into my game and my craft. So that's why an NBA team would take a chance on him. Yeah. Not even take a chance. No, that that's that was terrible phrasing. But like, <laughs> that that's why an NBA team wants him on their roster. Right. Because there's less up in the air from their perspective. They know he's already gotten it done at the G League level, which is better in my eyes than getting it done at the college level. Because, like I said, there's less variables to that. Okay. Um. Any last thoughts? I don't know, man. I, I feel like I got everything out that I wanted, but it's wild because it's just been such a whirlwind. I don't know. I, I think props to Darius Baisley. I think that needs to be noted. Credit to yeah, him. Yeah, no, seriously. He's, he's a 17-year-old okay. kid. He's put himself on the line. And, Everyone's saying F you, F this. Right. It's easy to be biased in the situation, but all the best to him. I hope it works out. Because it think sounds about like it. Think about it this way. If Zion Williamson pulled this stuff, Pulled this right here. Yeah. Duke fans would be pissed, but everyone else would respect it. Right. And like I said, initially I'm thinking, why would he do this? Syracuse would have been so good with him, he could have led them to a Final Four. But then you step back and you think, he's going to get money right away. He's probably going to sign with an agent. He's going to get endorsements. More scouts looking at him. There's a ton of pros to the situation, and that's why it's probably going to be a sign or a trend in the future because there are so many pros and it's kind of weird that no one's done this before. So props to him for kind of being the first one to take a leap of faith here. And I hope it works out. Yeah. I, I'm really rooting for this kid. I, he deserves it. When he talked to us, he was nothing but respectful. Right. He's always Great been kid. nice. Um, again, I mean, he decommitted from Ohio state. So this isn't his first decommitment. And yeah, this I think is he, no he slight just, to Syracuse at yeah. all. And rem- one of the reasons why he decommitted from Ohio state too, was he just didn't like the feel of the program, and he didn't think it was serious enough. And I, I don't think he's, I don't, I don't think Syracuse fans should take this as he's decommitting from Syracuse. No. He's just choosing another route, right? Because if it were up to Darius Baisley, I think. Listen, I don't, I'm not in his head, but if it were up to him, 
he'd be playing for Syracuse and getting paid. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, this is not him decommitting from Syracuse. This is him choosing an alternate route so that he can better support himself and reach his dream. Yeah. No, I mean, it, Syracuse fans are having a tough day, but I think the NCAA is having a tougher day right yeah. now. Oh, absolutely. Because they're scared because they know this kid's legit and he's going to get drafted. And like we said, he'll probably be a top 10 pick. And this could be a scary trend and an unprecedented trend, really, for the NCAA to have to handle. I'd be interested to see if he's not the last guy in this class to maybe yeah. pull a stunt like this. Right. I, I, It's hard to imagine he's the only one in the next five years or three or years or something. Even in the something. next two months. Yeah. I think, I think this is really going to be sort of a trickle-down effect, and it's going to snowball from here, and more guys are going to say, oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I think if he's successful, why can't I do that? So uh, some of my final thoughts— I texted Kevin Belby from Bayheim's Army. I asked him <laughs> if if Baisley is eligible for Bayheim's Army. What would you say? Um, he hasn't responded. No, yet, but. he's not. I don't think. Right? He <laughs> He'd be responded. the best player in the basketball tournament. Yeah, that's for sure. But I, I don't think Syracuse fans that you know get really supportive of that team because they're our guys is what their thought My process guys. is. Yeah, Cal <laughs> just, Perry, just their guys, but. Yeah, I don't think he should be eligible. I mean, you got to go to Syracuse, I feel like, in order to— you have to wear the orange at some point in order to be a part of Bayon's army. And then my last thought from this is, I know Darius Baisley is one of the most mature kids because he did not, in his tweet, say, respect my decision. <laughs> Didn't he say God's plan? God's plan, Same yeah. thing as Moyer. Same thing as Moyer. Moyer didn't that's either. A new trend. Now that I yeah. think about it, he didn't say respect my decision either. Right. Look well, at these. Jim is raising world-class men. <laughs> this is better than the Duke Brotherhood. Jim is crap molding men over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Jim Beheim's a winner. The NCAA is a loser. And Jim Beheim's clean. Yeah, Jim Beheim is as clean as he <laughs> as clean as, as a whistle. Get. This is a huge yeah. I mean, we hit on this huge win for Beheim. Yeah, really. He just got out of a washer machine. He is sparkling <laughs> clean. I mean, just put up some. OxyClean or something on him because he's never been cleaner in his entire career. All right, that's going to do it. For Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Aki. Until next time, which who knows when that might be. Yeah, that might seriously. be in a couple hours. <laughs> really? We'll see you soon.